Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Improve Your English, Improve Your Life. In the previous episode, we talked about culture shock. In this episode, we're talking about reverse culture shock, which is when you return to your home country and see everything through a different lens. It's like you can see yourself, your family, your community as if you were a foreigner. And it's a very crazy experience. Have you experienced reverse culture shock before? Let's talk about it. And don't forget to check out our website, improveyourenglishimproveyourlife.com, for the full transcript with highlights, follow up questions, and your homework assignment. The link is in the show notes. Welcome, everybody, to Improve Your English, Improve Your Life. I'm Jackie, super excited to be back here with you all. And I'm here with Foster. Hey, Jackie. How hey, are、Foster. you doing today? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm doing well. And also, I am your other co host and <laughs> also an English teacher, podcaster. Happy. To be here. Yes, yes. And today we're going to talk about reverse culture shock. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners、uh, have spent some time in a foreign country, or maybe they plan to spend some time in a foreign country. And usually we prepare ourselves for this initial culture shock when you go to a new place and how am I going to adapt? and How's it going to be? But in my experience, and I think in a lot of people's experiences, the reverse culture shock can actually be the most difficult. And Foster, I know you are going to your hometown in South Carolina、mm-hmm. in about a month, right?、Um, yeah, I think in exactly a month, if I'm not mistaken. So, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your experience with reverse culture shock and how you are preparing yourself for this trip if you are doing anything? Oh boy.、Um, I haven't started yet, but I probably should begin preparing soon. So, before I dive into it, I'm curious, Jackie, do you think that culture shock and reverse culture shock? Number one, can we define those? Number two, do you think that's like good phrasing? Because in my experience, it's not like there's not a shock element to it. It's more of like a, you know, it kind of happens, it kind of creeps up on you, and it's, I don't know. I feel like we could have a better phrase culturally. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think it also depends on where you go. I think if you, Go to a country that's very, very different.、Um, for example, when I was in college, I spent a little bit of time in Morocco, and that was shockingly different because it was like another world. I had never, I mean, it reminded me of like a Disney movie. It was just so different in every single way from what I knew. But、yeah. if I go, had gone to like England or Somewhere else, maybe even Ireland, it probably wouldn't have been shocking per se, just 
different in in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. It, it really I depends think, on. Yeah, maybe I take issue with the word shock because it seems like it holds like negative cultural True. connotations, and True. it's not always. Like I remember having culture shock when I traveled in Southeast Asia and like China and Thailand because everything was so different. But I wasn't yeah. like, oh my God, I'm like shocked, like scared. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. ooh, crazy. I agree because shock does have a bit of a negative connotation to it. It should be like culture awe, <laughs> reverse culture <laughs> awe. Like you are in awe of everything, like amazement of everything that's going on. I like that, yeah. Pastor. I agree. Anyways, uh, we, we are both language teachers, so we are allowed to be picky yes. <laughs> with our words. I agree. Jackie, what is your definition of reverse culture shock or how do you explain that yeah so reverse culture shock is when you go back to your home country and you see things in a completely different way because of what you just experienced so to me it's just like you actually view your own culture almost as a foreigner in some ways so rather than just being part of it, this is normal, this is all I know, you come back and you see your own family and friends as being cultural beings and having their own cultural customs and habits that you never really noticed before. So at least that's yeah. how it was in my experience. What would you say, Foster? No, I think it. I'm working with the same definition. And for me, reverse culture shock has always been more difficult than the initial shock of arriving to a foreign country. Because like you said, the analogy that's coming to me is, for example, when I started teaching English, I learned so many things about my native language that I had no idea. And it's kind of the same feeling when you come back home, like you have an outsider's view of something that you used to be, only an insider. Yeah. And and maybe you even uh, empathize more with foreigners adapting to your culture. You actually, you feel like you can truly put yourself in, in their shoes because you're kind of going through it at the same time. But 100%. it is a weird feeling. It's weird yeah. because... Sometimes you feel like no one understands you because you have this like double life. <laughs> you had all these experiences with all these other people and in these other places, and they're two very separate worlds. So sometimes it can feel a little bit like isolating. Um, yeah, I don't know. It and, and, is. I mean, I think international travel, living in a foreign country for extended periods of time, mm -hmm. it is not for the faint of heart because <laughs> it really changes you. Yeah. I think that's the most difficult thing about reverse culture shock. I mean, naturally, there are like funny things that we can certainly we will talk about. Mm -hmm. But the most fundamental change for me is you leave your home country, 
you travel, you are immersed in a new culture, in a new environment, and that changes you as a person. And then you come back and everyone kind of expects you to be the same. Yeah, or people be like, oh, you changed as like, (laughs) as if that's an insult. (laughs) And I think, great. (laughs) You're progressing. (laughs) We should all change. We should all, exactly. We should all progress and grow and evolve. Um, But Foster, you mentioned that you are preparing yourself to go back to North Carolina in about a month. So what does this preparing look like? Is there anything specific that you do, like mentally, before you go? Yeah, honestly, it is, it's more emotional preparation more than anything else. Because at least nowadays, every time I return to the U.S., I'm almost always visiting family or close friends. So it's always really close to home. Like this time, I'm going to be the best man in my best friend's wedding. How cool. And I'm going to see my 98-year-old grandmother and my six-month-old nephew. So I kind of have to plan preemptively. Like, okay, these are all these ways I've changed, and I want to show that to my family and I want to, you know, express who I am Mm -hmm. like as fully and completely and truthfully as possible. But at the same time, I'm only going to be there for a few weeks and I got a lot of people to see, a lot of stuff to do. So I kind of have to pick and choose my battles. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm just curious, have you ever gone back to South Carolina or anywhere in the States and done things that you picked up while in Brazil or while in Portugal. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> that's always All a sign. The time. So can you give some specific examples? Yeah, for sure. Um, the first thing I notice is that my English changes So, I will use a lot of Portuguese phrasing in English. Like the first one that comes to mind is I use the word difficulty way too often in English. Okay. Yes. Like, I want to say, like, and so I will speak to my mom and say, like, Mom, I'm having difficulty with, like, opening this jar of pickles. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, that's a weird way to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instead of that's saying, so like, formal. I can't open this jar of pickles. <laughs> yeah, or I'm having a hard time, I think would probably yeah. be the more, like, informal, colloquial way of saying, I'm having difficulties. <laughs> yeah, so I do yeah. a lot of that, like, just speaking English in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And I also have a lot of quick responses like if someone says something to me and I don't understand, a lot of times the first thing that comes out of my mouth is like, ukia, ukia. Ah, yeah. And then like my mom's just looking at me like, 
<laughs> what were those sounds that just left your mouth? Yes. I, I do the same thing with like nos uh, or like men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those little like fillers or like the quick responses. We already have them on like autopilot to respond in Portuguese. So it's kind of your automatic <laughs> go-to phrase. Yeah. Perfect examples. So I think most of mine are linguistic. I was mm -hmm. asking Alexia about this and she says she always has to prepare herself like to be less touchy. Like Brazilians mm -hmm. are quite physical in general. Yeah. Like they love to give hugs and beijinhos and all of that. Right. And in the U.S., less so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. How about yourself, Jackie? Do you run into those kind of silly little weird things that we tend to yeah. do? Oh, 100%. Like 100% everything you said. Especially when I was living in Brazil, there was a few times where I was like, does this sound normal in English? And I think when we are teaching students all the time too, our radar is a little off because we hear sentences that they say and after you hear it a million times, it doesn't necessarily sound wrong. And also because you're not exposed to English as much as you were while living in the States, it's harder to, to know, like, is it weird to say I'm having difficulties <laughs> or not? Yeah. I don't know. We kind of question. Even more so, like our jobs as English teachers, I think we unconsciously or consciously speak in a way that we know will be easier to understand. Right. So we're not speaking like drastically differently, but we're choosing our words wisely. And when I when I'm home speaking with my friends and they're using like the same slang and speed that we used in high school and university. Mm -hmm. When I'm speaking relatively like in a formal manner, you can really see the the contrast, the juxtaposition. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned like slang because it changes so quickly and in like slang expressions that were popular, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Like now what I hear my children saying, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> can you I'm give like, me one example? So they use the word flexing, which means like <laughs> showing off. And I didn't understand it because we were at the pool and my son Gabriel, he was like, oh, my friend is eating Pringles and he keeps flexing. And I'm like, what flexing? Like, is he like showing off his biceps? Like, what do you mean? He's like, no, he's flexing. He's He's flexing his Pringles. I'm like, what? And it's basically, <laughs> he he's like showing off that he has something that Gabriel doesn't have. And it's a lot of um, like noob, like a newbie. It's like a lot of like almost like video game language that is like infiltrating <laughs> their slang. But there's times they say things. Oh, he's, yeah, sick. But that was one that we used. But sick. even when we were... In Brazil, he was like, oh, that's sick. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have strong opinions in one way or the other. I know a lot of people, I feel like most generations 
always say that the upcoming generation is destroying the language, and <laughs> but I absolutely love it. I think it's hilarious, and I have like I had no idea what flexing means. I know. Well, what's interesting is if you like, I love watching those like historical Netflix series. And you can just see, I mean, how much language has changed over time. If you watch like a 70s sitcom, the language is different than what we use today. I mean, not drastically different, but, you know, things, things change over time. And, and us being unhappy about it probably isn't going to change much. But it is, it is very interesting. I think that's, it kind of keeps us on our toes and there's always more to learn. And it also shows people, just like your accent, you know, the language that you use tells people a lot about who you are. You know, if you use a lot of slang or if you use a lot of profanity, for example, versus a more formal, more polished English, you know, that's kind of giving people an impression of what type of person you are. So it's, it's very cool. Honestly, I think that's one of the most underrated parts of language is like your accent and the words you you tend to use that's really your it's like the equivalent of your fingerprint like it's your linguistic fingerprint people can learn so much about you just by the way you speak yes and I found this to be very challenging when I was trying to get to know my husband for example and I didn't speak his language or other friends. Um, Like when you meet another American, we'll say another person who speaks English in about an hour or less time conversing with this person, you can get a general idea of like what type of person this person is, you know, where they're from, you know, if they're really funny or not uh, formal, informal, but when there's yeah. a language barrier, it takes much, much longer. And the jokes don't translate the same. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, absolutely. My apologies. I was just, <laughs> I was like, the construction started getting worse. So I was pushing my mic back uh, farther no, in my closet. No worries at all. No worries at all. Can you think of a, anything like, between you and Alexia, um, like when you guys first started dating, did you ever feel like, like I'll just give myself, I guess, an exa- use myself as an example, but I know there was a, a period of time where I questioned, like, does he really know me? Does my husband really know me? Because we come from these different worlds and speak, I'm trying to speak his language, but I don't speak very well. Like, how can he truly like know who I am? Without all those yes. like subtleties, yes, in our own language, I one hundred percent relate to that. Yeah, and I don't know when it shifted, but like in the first probably couple of years of our relationship, I definitely mm-hmm. had that thought in the back of my mind: like, will yeah. she ever truly be able to know? Like depths of what I'm trying to say that I can't articulate in Portuguese. But now it's reached the point where like we code switch all of the time. Okay. So Alexia says stuff in English and I say stuff in Portuguese and it doesn't really have any rhyme or reason. 
Mm-hmm. So now I think we really have a language of our own that we can understand better than we ever could have understood with just English or Portuguese. Yeah. And I think it's, it's I'm glad you mentioned code switching. So for people who don't know what code switching is, what is it, Foster? Essentially just switching between languages. So, but in general, like relatively rapidly. So for example, when Alexia and I are talking, let me try to think of a good example. Alexia loves to use the word quinchinha, like for comfy and cozy. Mm-hmm. And so she will say something like, like, can you get the blanket? I, I want to be quinchinha. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that <laughs> See, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go grab it. <laughs> okay. Just like going back and forth. Yeah, and it is funny. I've seen that actually in quite a few couples or even in kids. Uh, I see my kids doing that more. My husband and I, we speak almost 100% in Portuguese. But really? I think that's just because our relationship started like that and it's we've just continued it that way. But he so does speak you? English. So, hmm. This is kind of, I think, like a, really beautiful thing about Alexia and about our relationship is when we met, we essentially had almost equal levels of language ability. Mm. So I spoke Portuguese relatively well, but not great. Her English was probably better than my Portuguese, but it made sense for us to switch back and forth and help each other. But I know a lot of couples that that just don't have that opportunity because one person is fluent and the other person doesn't know anything. Right. I don't know. Right. I'm curious how that looks in the intimacies of your marriage. <laughs> well, <laughs> starting out, it was very frustrating for me. Fighting in another language is you're always at the disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, I always but, fight in English. <laughs> And I know, I'm in like, Portuguese. Oh, why don't you understand English? And I could just say what I want. But uh, no, it, it was it was a challenge for sure at the beginning. But also I was living in Brazil. So that was a little bit of the priority for me to learn Portuguese. And he does speak English. His English is great. But we just kind of created that habit. And we've been together now for like 12 years. So it's almost, you know, once you kind of, cement in like this is the language we speak in uh it's almost weird to to change it so um, that's so interesting yeah it is because we never i mean like when we're in portugal or brazil we probably speak more portuguese and when we're in the u.s we probably speak a little more english Mm. but we don't have one that we speak in okay very cool So, Foster, let's go back really quick to when we go back to our own countries and how sometimes we have picked up some cultural habits and we don't even notice it, usually until we are back in the motherland, (laughs) back in our home country, uh, because we do things and all of a sudden it's strange, it's different, it's weird. And 
I can give one specific example. I was at a, a restaurant in Chicago and the waiter came and he like asked us if we needed anything more. And I did the like that tongue <laughs> in like the finger wag. <laughs> and then I immediately oh, caught myself. Okay. I was like, oh, shoot, that's probably kind of rude to do here. Like I, I, I can't do that. It's not like a simple gesture that means like, no, no, I'm okay. Um, but it was, you know, just like you mentioned, like those automatic responses and filler words, it's, it becomes almost subconscious that we don't even realize like, oh, I'm back in the States. I, I have to use different gestures even. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I believe it was the first time Alexia was meeting my family and she gave my mom a very strong finger wag, like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I mean. But it, to the American eye, it looked like, no, yeah, like, <laughs> and I was like, naughty. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna have to intervene here, <laughs> right? Because it, it, that, like, with the finger wag, is like tisk tisk tisk, like naughty boy, yeah. naughty girl. You can't do that. So it just has a completely different meaning than just a simple like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. So I guess to to wrap up the episode, Jackie, mm -hmm. do you have? I don't know what kind of recommendations or because reverse culture shock. It's a very it's a very real thing, but it's a yeah. difficult thing to prepare for, and it's quite a sp specific thing. Um, so I don't know. What would you like to leave our audience with today? Yeah, I guess uh, if people are listening that have not experienced it yet, it is helpful to know that this does exist and you are not alone. Uh, if you do feel some weird feelings after being abroad and coming back to your home country, I think that's comforting. And then, again, I, I would take it kind of like we approach culture shock is just be curious about it, notice it, try to maybe even just make light, laugh about the things that you do. And and to me, what has been like the biggest lesson in, in a lot of it is how influenced we are by our environments. You know, we can move and live in all these different places and our environment really does influence us a lot. It, it's insane. That's yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. And just be aware of it. And just like, you know, the people that you're meeting up with, they are also influenced by their environment. It's not good or bad. It's it's just, again, just being aware, being curious, and just like, ah, oh, look at that. <laughs> I did the, the finger wag again, and I didn't even notice it. Or I said... <laughs> application instead of app because I never heard someone <laughs> use this word <laughs> in this yeah. country. And, and I think even if you're not, like if you're not a, currently abroad or you've never traveled abroad, mm -hmm. you can even kind of run the thought experiment of like, okay, let's just imagine for a second that I am not from here. I'm not from Sao Paulo or wherever you may be from, right? let's just imagine I'm from somewhere else. I'm from India. And try to see your own culture through the eyes of 
a foreigner through the eyes yeah. of someone that knows nothing about that culture. Yes. And you'll start recognizing things, seeing things from different perspectives. I think it's a really useful, um, yeah, use your imagination. Super useful yeah. tool. I love that. That's a very good idea. It's like a humbling experience too, because you you put yourself in another person's shoes when you do that. Kind of look at everything with, with foreign eyes. Very good. Awesome, Foster. Well, thanks for this great conversation. And I'm excited to hear about how your experience goes when you go back to South Carolina and participate in the wedding and see your family. I'm sure a lot of insights will come through. Yeah, I will let you know. I don't know if that will be in the next episode or maybe next season. Yeah. But <laughs> whenever I get back, I will definitely tell you how it went. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks, Foster. Have a great Thank day, you, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Improve Your English, Improve Your Life. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That would mean the world to us. Also on our website, which is listed in the description, you can find the transcripts, the highlights, the homework assignments, and follow-up questions so you can really get the most out of these episodes. Again, thanks for being here and we'll see you in the next episode.